0: To this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. We are in a, in a series right now called Core Values, and it's all about making sure, number one, that we all understand what our values are here at Freedom Church. And why it's important is because um, your core values really help determine what you do. They determine what you believe. And so, um, like we've said a million times, whatever you're doing right now is rooted in what you believe. And whatever you believe right now is rooted in what you think. That's why the whole mind game is such an important deal. What you're thinking translates into what you're believing about yourself, about your family, about your life, about your job, about God, about your purpose. And then all of that translates into what you do. So if you really want to know what you believe, just take a look at what you're doing and what you're doing will point to what you're believing. And so we want to make sure that at least at Freedom Church that we have some specific values that we believe God has put inside of us so that we can um, we can effectively do what he's called us to do. Everything we do here runs through these core values. And listen, this whole entire message is going to be talking about our core values, but, but it also needs to be an encouragement to you to develop some core values yourself. Now, I, I told you last week that one of the uh, best things you could do, especially with your spouse, is y'all take some time, like go out on a date, hire a babysitter, get away from kids, just y'all two over some Carrabba's dip or whatever it is y'all want to eat, and, um, and determine what your core values for your family are. That's a big deal, and and you probably probably before you got married, you didn't really talk about okay, how are we going to discipline our kids? Um, how are we going to handle our savings account? Like you probably didn't talk about it. Y'all were just like doe-eyed and in love, man. Like come on, let's go get the JP. Like just somebody, let's get married, you know? And 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 you probably didn't think about all this stuff, but you have found now in your life how drastically important all of those things that didn't seem that important then how important they are now. Your core values help you stay the course. And on track, not just in an organization, but in your own life as well. Here are our core values. First is Jesus is our message. People are the priority. Development is our focus. Unity is our pursuit. Team is our structure. Um, excellence is our standard, and generosity is our privilege. Today we're talking about team. Team is our structure. Okay. Here's what we have on our website. Everyone needs a team. Everyone does. We all have blind spots, and because of that, we believe that we need godly people in our lives to help us reach our potential. These people know us and know God, they love us, they love God, and they have our best interests in mind. As our lives are built, team provides the structure around us where, when we need help, we have not only God, but a squad we can reach out to for support. Life was not meant to be lived alone. We all need a team. Amen? Now, team is an idea that we love and we hate all at the same time. Now, let me give you some examples. Um, so, a lot of people here know that um, the team that I root for is the Yankees. Go ahead, let me hear it. I feed off your hate, so go ahead and let me have it. Um, and wouldn't you know it, I probably had 20 text messages last night. Guardians, you've never said go Guardians your whole life until you met me. You know what I'm saying? Like, who says go Guardians? That was the Indians, by the way. So, just whatever. But, man, I, I look... I don't I'm not a part of the Yankees team like I don't I, I didn't make it to the pros you know what I'm saying but you know I'm part of the team you know what I'm saying I'm part of the, the Yankees nation now y'all are probably part of the Astros nation where are my Astros fans at we got one lonely Cowboys fan over here love you bro just stay say the course don't let Dak back into the quarterback role okay but we have our teams and we love being a part of these teams don't we it makes us feel like we're a part of something. And so we love that. We, we, we love it because nobody wants to be alone, okay? We, we have this built-in need inside of us for other people. Genesis 2.18 says it's not good for man to be alone. And a lot of times what we do is we take that to mean like a relationship, like a spouse or, you know, somebody, oh, who you somebody to love? But, but really, it's any relationship in your life. You're not meant to be by yourself. But there's the hate side of team as well. We hate it because people are not easy. Boy, people are tough, aren't they? How many of you are just, no matter who you're around, you are, just, you are just happy and you love every person you come into contact with, you want nothing but their best, and come on, where are those people at? Because I want to know what you're doing and how you're doing. Okay, you got a few of them in here, all right. Y'all just, just God bless you, brother. Now, most of us, people are very difficult. Hey, we can go faster alone, can't we? It's like Monique the other day, we need to go to, um, we need to go to Walmart, or I need to go to Brookshire Brothers to get something for a family meetup. And it was like 6 o'clock, and she's like, you better be back here before people start showing up and all this kind of stuff. Come on. And, um, <laughs> and I said, well, I'm taking Audrey with me. She goes, no, you can go faster by yourself. It's true, isn't it? But, but team means we also have to let people into our lives. And we don't like that. Do you want anybody looking into your ledger board in your life? identifying your issues and your problems and your weaknesses. If you work in just about any field, you will have noticed the emphasis on teamwork, now, your company may not do it very well, but teamwork is a huge focus. Anybody have offices where there's that poster of teamwork and like there's like five people rowing in the Charles River for some reason. I don't know why that's the teamwork. Like you are never going to be in that situation. And if you did that down the Trinity River, you're probably gonna get eaten by an alligator. Just doing that out there, see it. Oh, weird teamwork, teamwork dead. Like yeah, the Texas company loses staff, you know, to alligators in the Trinity. Don't go rowing in the Trinity. Now, while your company may not do it well, teamwork is a focus, though. Listen to what Dr. Scott. Scott. Scott Tannenbaum from the Group for Organizational Effectiveness says, he says this, Research shows that collaborative problem solving leads to better outcomes. People are more likely to take calculated risks that lead to innovation if they have a support of a team around them. Working in a team encourages personal growth, increases job satisfaction, and reduces stress. Some of you are like, where is this office? I want to go work there. What does the Bible say about this? Let's move past what old Scotty Tannenbaum says and move to what Bob, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20. By the way, you can follow along. If you have the Version app, click events, click Freedom Church. You can follow all of this right along there. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. God says that not only are we a team, but we're designed to function together. Um, A lot of people get frustrated because the foot is not hearing effectively. Well, guess what? The foot can't hear. The foot walks. And a lot of times you meet people that are mad because you don't understand what they're saying and how they're saying it and why they're saying it. It's like an ear talking to a foot. Ear can't talk anyway, can they? You know why? Because the ear ain't the mouth. And I don't even know what the ear would be thinking about because the ear is not the brain. Now, some of you may know people like this, that they're really, they're really like the elbow, but they think they're the brain. Come on, y'all know some people like that? Some of y'all probably know some people that have some other body parts that you don't want to mention here in the church house, but, but none of them are the brain. But, but what if God designed your life where you have to work with other people in order to reach the potential that's inside of you? If God designed the body that way, Does it stand to reason that he designed everything else that way? The Bible is telling us right here in 1 Corinthians 12 that that's a big part of what at least church life is about, that we're all working together in order to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish. Team is not just some feely good idea that some office manager came up with to spur his employees to greater production. Team is an idea that was literally born out of God's heart for his people to reach the pinnacle of their capability. So we we can go faster alone, but we go further if we're together. See, your ceiling is always going to be what you can do by yourself. It's always what you can do by yourself. But if we get people together in a team, the ceiling raises exponentially. If you're struggling in your business, get a team in to help you. If you're struggling at home, get a team in to help you. If you're struggling internally, Get a team in to help you. Why? Here's why. Because you are not built, nor are you capable of reaching your potential by yourself. Let me just let you in a little secret. Those people that say, well, me and Jesus have a thing going and I don't need anybody else, they don't really understand Jesus that well. Because Jesus made his whole system where you need him and you need other people. You have to have people in your life. So why is team our structure here at Freedom Church? Maybe you can see why team should be a structure in your own life. We want everything here to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, absolutely. But we also want the framework to be a team. Now, this is, this is partially because we want people to take ownership and not feel like they're just a participant. I, I, I mean, have you known employees that are just there for the paycheck? <laughs> I'm not asking if that's you, but, but employees that are just that, Now, listen, it's a whole lot harder to feel like an owner if the owner is making you feel like just an employee. They don't give you the tools you need. They don't encourage you. They don't build you up. They don't pay you a a, a wage that's worth what you're doing. Now, then again, you have to make sure that the wage is worth what you're doing. Okay? Um, Come on, let's be real. But when you're an owner, man, you go all in, don't you? see, that's why I like, for instance, if you are serving in our kids' ministry, you're not just a member of our kids' ministry team. You're not just like a, a, a slot that's filled on our spreadsheet. You're part of what makes an eternal impact on the lives of children in Liberty County. It, it isn't work, it's an opportunity. And, and the moment you see it as work, you've missed the potential of what could happen here. But when you see it as an opportunity, you realize it's not just me in here with a bunch of yapping kids. I'm a part of a team that's helping move the kingdom forward in Liberty County. We need a team. Your production is better in a team. Your perception is better in a team. Your introspection is better in a team. You're better in a team. So, partially it's because we want you to take ownership, but partially it's because we're convinced that through scripture and practical experience, that the best way to do anything is with a team. Just it's just the best way. So you're better in a team. So here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about a few things that can kind of help build this up and, and help you understand how not only why it's important to have a team, but how you can get a team in your life. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I was hoping somebody said say, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That's okay. We'll move past it. <laughs> here's the first thing. Number one, you need a team. You need a team. Now, these are going to build upon each other, but here's the first bit. You need a team. Mark 3, 13 through 19. And he, this is Jesus, went up on the mountain and called him to him uh, those whom he desired. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve whom he had also named the apostles, so that they might be with him and might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, and he goes to talking about the twelve here, you know, Simon, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, uh, James, uh, Thaddeus, Simon, and hey, Judas. I always thought it was Judas is a carrot when I was a kid. Judas is a carrot, and that's why I didn't eat, and that's why I didn't eat carrots. They killed Jesus. <sighs> Sorry. Um, kids, carrots are delicious, you should eat them. But they don't do anything for your eyes. That was propaganda. I mean, sorry, let me move on. So here's something I want you to see, though, is that um if you're worried about developing a team because you're worried about if somebody's gonna hurt you, I want you to know that even Jesus had somebody that betrayed him on his team. Okay, even Jesus did. Offenses, it's not a if, it's a when. And how you respond to that is what's going to make the difference. You need a team because Jesus needed a team. And if Jesus needed a team, you need a team. Now, let's have the debate on does Jesus really need anything? Because if God needs something, he can't be God, right? Listen, God didn't need a team to survive. But Jesus knew he was going to do what he came to earth to do, and then he was going, and he needed somebody, a human being, a group of people to carry out the purpose. He needed somebody to move the kingdom ball down the road here on earth, and so he needed a team. Sometimes we get pigeonholed into this notion that the team is only there for, to do a job. Even the, 12, the uh, 12 apostles, oh, they were just there to do a job. Is that the truth? Because, listen, if, especially when it comes to church and your family. Now, when it's your work, it's one thing. But in your church and your family, if you look at a team as just to do a job, it's very task-oriented, and that's not really going to give you the best out of that team possible. Now, if you look at Jesus, there was, there was something that Jesus had for them to do? Absolutely. But it's an unfair assessment of what Jesus was doing to think that it was just about accomplishing a purpose. Was there a job to do? Absolutely. Was there more to the team than just the job? Absolutely. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew 26. Verse 36, Jesus went with them to a place called, place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while i go over there and pray. And taking uh, with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. This, to me, proves that Jesus' team was way more than just being a task-oriented thing. Man, Jesus was struggling, y'all. Jesus was struggling in that moment in Gethsemane. The Bible says that he was struggling so hard that he, he bled, like sweat, like blood came out of him. He was stressing. He was He was concerned. He, he was struggling with his emotional state, with his mental state. And, and I honestly don't think it was just that, like, I don't think it was he was worried about the pain of it all. I think he was, I think he was stressing about a moment when, for the first time in his entire experience, he was going to be not only separated from his father, but the focal point of all the hatred of God in the whole entire universe. He was going to become that in that moment. And he was stressing. Now, do you think that when he brought Peter and James and John out there, that, that, that they were, oh, you know what, I'm stressing, you know, but we we need to look at this spreadsheet because I'm about to go down across and we really got to hit these numbers. I don't think that's what was going on. I think he was saying, friends, brothers, family, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? I think Jesus just wanted to not be alone in that moment. So divorce yourself from this notion that team is just about fulfilling some purpose and plan. A team is so much more than a task. It's more than a job. You need a team for the emotional benefit that you're going to get from it. You need to look beyond the job of ministry or the work you engage in every day. Look beyond the task. Let me ask you, how does it feel to be alone? How does it feel to be overwhelmed? How does it feel to be hopeless? How does it feel to be stressed out? How does it feel to carry all the weight on your own? Do you want somebody to come and just grab the weight off of you for just a second so you can catch your breath? That's what a team can do. That's what a team is supposed to do. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for the toil. For if they fall... One will lift up his fellow. Reading on, "...but woe to him who is alone when he falls and is not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone... Two will withstand him, and and a threefold cord cord is not quickly broken. I mean, my goodness, I know you may need a team to help you, uh, like, fix something at your house, or, oh, I need to come redo this sheetrock. Yeah, you can have a team of people come to help you out with that. Maybe you're serving in kids' ministry, and you need a team of people to help you do this. Sure, all that kind of stuff. But let me ask you this. Do you need a team of people to encourage you when you feel like you have nothing left inside of you? Do you need them to build you up and to pick you up when you're stressed out? Do you need somebody, when you don't have it inside of you, to fight the enemy, to stand in front of you and say, you know, we will go down to the valley. We will slay the giant so you can chase the enemy out the border. Do you need some people to step in like that? Because that's what this is talking about. It's not just doing a task. It's helping you when you fall down. It's keeping you warm when life is frozen you. It's fighting for you when you can't fight for yourself. We need a team here at Freedom. You know why? Because we can't do this alone. We don't want to do this alone. I I, I could care less about glory and fame, and I could care less about castles that make everybody go, ooh, that's so pretty. I want to see people's lives change, man. I want to see the ball move forward. I want to see what God wants for Liberty County happen. There are too many people out here dying and and going to hell for us to sit here and gripe about whose castle's prettier. I don't care. I want to see people change, man. I want to see you be empowered to do everything that God created you to do. I want to see you overcome every obstacle that the enemy has thrown in your life. I want to see you forgive people that hurt you the most. I want to see you embrace the power of what it means to step into a real relationship with Jesus, not one that's driven by your emotional state. That's what I want. And I want every ounce of church hurt to have to be crucified to the cross so that you can live. It's what I want to see happen in your life. What joy is it and having the entire world if you have no one to share it with, man? Like, go look up Rockefeller, richest dude back in the 1800s, super rich, died miserable. You know something? I, I might be capable. Of, I, I, I might be capable of doing a lot of stuff and you know able to do this and that and the other, but it's nothing compared to what we can do together. It's one of the reasons why, at least here at Freedom Church, we are not afraid to develop people. Okay, we're not afraid. Now, some churches are afraid to develop people. You know why? Because if they're better than me, they're going to have my job. Take it. 100%. Here's why. If God wants you doing what I'm doing right now here, that means God's got something he wants me to do, and he needs to get me to it. We're all on the same team. Is Is everybody okay with that? You have to be okay with that. Let me ask you this. What in your world right now is suffering because you don't have a team to help you? Let me ask one more question. What in your world right now is inhibited because you don't have a team to help? Is there something in your life right now that you've been struggling with and you've been wanting to see success in this specific area, but you can't see success in that area? Could it be that you don't have a team around you helping you achieve that? Could it be that you don't have what it takes within yourself to do that? And you need to reach out and get some help, boy. That's got, that means you got to admit you got some weakness, huh? If there's one thing we've learned over here, is you got to be strong, boy. Right? That's why. That's why Ford had such a hard time selling those aluminum trucks. You gonna sell no aluminum truck to no redneck? Well, first bale of hay I throw in that gonna bend right up, ain't it? Tell me I'm wrong. So the first thing is you need a team. The second is you need a team to be better. You need a team to be better. The the biggest problem with not having a team is not the solitude, it's the silence. When there's no one else speaking around you, this is why. When there's no one else speaking around you, to you, into you, you are incapable of effective self-awareness, and you will become trapped in your own tunnel of thoughts, feelings, and abilities. Okay, let me me give you the proof. Politics. By God, I watch Fox, and that's all I watch. Or I watch CNN, and that's all I watch. The polarization right now in our political uh, system is insane. And it's not just politics, really. It's in every aspect. They are trying to divide in every single aspect of our lives. What about how people feel about their specific identity? You know, it's like... Some people can't even for one second comprehend that they might be feeling like that because they grew up in a home that was so jacked up that they never had a sense of identity to begin with. They never knew who they were to begin with. And now they're being thrust into this world that's demanding this is who you are based on how you look or how you act. Could it be that there's a deeper problem than what you're just seeing on the outside? And you know, the thing that's going to solve politics isn't a Republican or a Democrat. It's going to be people willing to come together and have conversations and meet in the middle, man. That's what, it's going to take some teamwork. I bet you there are offices right now in Congress that have this stupid rowing boat, and it says teamwork across the top. But they're refusing to work with each other. They're refusing to think about you and me. I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just saying this is a perfect example of what we're talking about right here. When, when, you, when you get into a moment where there are no other voices in, or, in your life, there's only one ver- voice you hear, and that's the one that's between your ears. And can I tell you something? Like, I love you, but you're never always right. You're not supposed to say never. You're never always right. No human being has ever always been right save Jesus Christ. And he even, even he didn't gloat about it. One of the reasons a team is so valuable is because the voices around you challenge the voices in you, and you're forced to make a decision on how you proceed. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That's exactly what this verse means. See, I, I pray routinely that I say things to you that challenge what's inside of you internally. I hope that you listen to me and, and you hear something that challenges your theology. I hope so. I I hope you do that to me. You you know the reason why I went back to school and got a second degree? It wasn't because I was like, boy, I really want to have a second degree. No, it's because when I went there to meet with this specific professor, before I was ever enrolled, he said this to me, we're going to take everything you've ever learned about God, we're going to dash it against the rocks of the word, and what what survives is what you take with you. I said, sign me up. Put me in a room with a bunch of young guys that are banging their heads against the wall, trying to figure out what these verses mean. Yes, I'll sign up for that. You know why? Because I want to be challenged, because I want to be better, and I know I can't be better if I'm not challenged. If you don't believe me, go work out the same workout for the rest of your life with the same muscle, and you're going to get to a place where that muscle does not respond anymore. you got to change it up, baby. you got to change it up. you got to get some different voices. And some of y'all right now, y'all have listened to the same voices your whole life and they're toxic and they're not helping you and you don't know why you're getting any better. The, 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 the word insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. It's insanity to continue to listen to some of the voices that you have speaking to you. Get some other voices. To do that, maybe you need to change up some of your teammates. only time we don't win is if we are not challenging each other. And this just doesn't happen if you're not willing to get someone in your life that you can call a teammate. So how does this make us better? The point here is you need a team to be better. So how does it make us better? Let me give you a couple of things here. Number one, a team can call out issues. Um, for the sake of time, I won't read it. But in 2 Samuel chapter 12, um, Nathan, the prophet, comes to David. And he basically, like, tell him how the cow chewed the corn, to use a old East Texas phrase. Um, basically what happened in the chapter before is David was hollering at Bathsheba. Y'all know that story, right? David was on the roof. He should have been out at war like all the other kings were. And um, rather, he was seeing Bathsheba on the rooftop. He takes her to his bed, and then he kills her husband. And so Nathan comes up and says, okay, look, I got a story for you. There was a rich man and a poor man. The poor man had a sheep. The poor man loved the sheep like, it's its own ki- like it was his own kid. Treated it like a daughter, the Bible says. And the rich man came along, took the sheep for himself, slaughtered it, and took it to his own. David goes into a rage. Whoever that is, you find him. We're going to kill him. Nathan says, it's you. You are that man. Now, pretty pretty strong confidence to go flex on the king like that. But let me ask you something. Do you have anybody in your life right now that can call issues out in you like that? Do you have somebody... That can walk up to you and say something to you, calling out an issue and and you don't lose your mind over it. Do you have somebody that you trust enough to talk to you like that? You need that so here's the thing though is if you're the, if you're Nathan in this story, I want to tell you something. how you call out an issue says how much you love a person. You don't gossip, you don't blow it up on Facebook and listen, by the way, if you have a bad meal somewhere. Just move on. <laughs> I cannot believe at Tiger Harry's. Like, just keep walking. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're still going to Tiger Harry's. We're still going to Burrito, okay? It's delicious. So so don't go blowing people up on social media. I mean, my goodness, Dayton and Liberty 411. <laughs> Jesus help all of us. You know what I'm saying? There, I don't know how many times I've had to just delete my post before I posted it out of frustration. (laughs) Shouldn't post this. Delete. Come on, man. Here's the thing. Love covers, but justice uncovers. Justice doesn't care what happens to the person, but love does. Covering isn't condoning what they did, but covering is caring more about restoring them than revealing them. Sometimes you need a soft rebuke. Sometimes you need a harsh one. Okay, so that's if you call out somebody else. Now, what if somebody calls it out in you? How you respond to being called out says everything about your heart too. Okay, even if they do it the wrong way, here's the most important question. Was their rebuke accurate? Was their rebuke accurate? Now, let's say you're a 45-year-old man in here, and some 13-year-old kid comes up and says something to you that you're doing wrong. And shut up, like, I don't know, I don't know you. Let me ask you this. Was the rebuke accurate? And if it was accurate, then change it. If it's accurate, change. If it's not accurate, don't let it get to you. Be you. Rest in God. Man, it is really quiet in here, man. You're like, no, you're talking about me changing. I don't like change. (laughs) So how can we be better? A team can call out issues. The second part of that is a team can help with the issues. Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If if you aren't aware enough to notice the problem, it might be true that you don't know how to fix the problem either. You'll chase your tail until Jesus comes back. Well, Jesus, I never could tackle the problem. Did you ask anybody for help? I never thought of that. Well, now you've heard it and you're responsible for the information. You're welcome. All right. Ask somebody for help. Man, I'm telling you, I, I'm so happy that I've had people to carry burdens in my life, to, to, to have hard, courageous conversations with me, to challenge some stuff in me. Team helps you more than just helping you complete a project. The team can help you complete you as well. Let me give you the last one here, how the team can make you better. A team can help you see what you can't see. Now, for me personally, this ability right here of the team to see what you can't see in yourself is the most important part of a team. Uh, this is the one for me. This is the one that's changed everything. Um, um, uh, there's, a, there's a book out there that I wrote called Killing the Orphan Spirit, and we've talked about that a lot here. Um, but that book came. It started with a conversation with Pastor Chuck, my pastor at New Covenant Church, where he asked me a question that changed my whole life, and he challenged me because he recognized something in me that I didn't see in myself, and it was this thing called an orphan spirit. Now, I've had a great family life. I'm not orphaned by my family, but leaders in my life have, have done things and taken advantage and, and, and orphaned me. And I saw everything in my life through the lens of that orphanhood. But Pastor Chuck sat me down and he began to talk to me about this and help me see that I might not am able to see something that he sees. And I was willing to listen. Come on, man. I was willing to sit there and I didn't like it. It was stressful and frustrating. And there are plenty of times I left his office mad as a hatter. You can ask Monique. I would come home just to gripping and complaining. And every night I would go to bed and I would think, is he doing this to intentionally hurt me? And every morning I would wake up and say no. See, here's what was happening. He was willing to to wade through the weeds of my mess to get to the root of what was really broken inside of me. He loved me enough to do that. He loved me before he had the conversation. And it was his love that made me trust him in the midst of the conversation. But I'm so thankful. And Here's why I'm thankful. Because you wouldn't be right here right now because there wouldn't be a Freedom Church. There wouldn't be any of this. Killing the Orphan Spirit has helped hundreds of people so far on three different continents, at least that I know of. It's insane to think about the reach so far that that book has had. And it's not about me. It's not about writing the book. It's it's about people getting help, man. And and people are looking and reading this and they're surrounding themselves to people that are able to listen and say, maybe, maybe I can't see something. Are you sitting here right now? And, and you hear this and like you feel like your heart's racing and it's like, maybe there is something that I can't see in my life right now that I need to talk to somebody about. Let me give you, let me give you a really easy thing to do. Talk to somebody. You don't have to talk to everybody, but you need to talk to somebody. What would my life be like today if I didn't have a team around me willing to call out something in me that I couldn't see in myself? Now maybe you've never it just comes. To me, maybe you've never had that. Maybe you've never been around that environment. Maybe you've tried to create that environment, but you were in toxic environments before, and it felt like every time you dropped a seed in the ground, it's like the seed died instantly because of how jacked up the ground was <laughs> it has no nutrients. You know, like there's nothing inside of it. <laughs> there was nothing in the ground that could sustain the growth. Y'all, we're not perfect at Freedom Church. I'm I'm not a perfect person. I struggle just like everybody else struggles. I have my own issues that I have a team of people around me helping me with my own issues. But this is the healthiest that we can possibly make it. We're doing everything we can to make sure the soil is healthy. We put the nutrients in the ground. We water it. We do everything we can so that when you drop your seed into the soil at Freedom Church, a massive tree that produces can come out of it. That's what we're trying to do. We're not perfect with it, but we're willing to take time to do that. So if you've been an example, if you've lived your life and have never been able to really plant seeds because of how toxic the environment has been, come plant a seed here, baby. Come plant a seed because we're doing everything we can to be healthy here. Amen? The last thing is this. So I said, you need a team. You need a team to be better. You need a team to be better equipped. That's the third one. You need a team to be better equipped. In the orphan spirit, uh, chapter three, I talk about step one of the process, which is identifying the narrative. The narrative is this lens through which you've seen your entire life. And for me, it was Jason, you're good. You're just not good enough. And, and that's why you have problems in your life, yada, yada, this and that. You know, that's why you don't get picked or people look over you or whatever. Uh, but you know what? Here's the cold hard fact: I, I never was good enough and I'll never be good enough. That's the cold hard facts. Let me hit you with some cold hard facts. You are not good enough. You know something? You know something? You're not good enough. You're not. None of us are. Here's the great news. You don't have to be. You know what? Because wherever you're lacking, if you'll let the Holy Spirit, he'll pour grace into that moment and make you everything you need to be. Here's why I'm telling you this. It's because you don't have everything inside of you that you need to complete your calling. Some of you have been struggling so hard to be whatever you think God's called you to be and you've been trying to do it out of your own ability and and in your own strength. Just stop. Take it from me. Wrote another book about it. Walk around grace. Take it from me. You're going to eat yourself alive by doing that. You will stress yourself out. You'll become so overwhelmed that you cannot function. You'll get into depression and then it'll all be over from there. Stop it. Just stop. What did I do? Well, anything you're missing right now, it's found in either Jesus Christ or it's found in God's people. That's how he made the system. Uh uh-uh. uh, prove it. Ephesians chapter 4. Here's what the Bible says, verse eleven, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measurement uh, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that. Listen, you might be anointed to the max and talented to the max to lead worship, but you also might be trash at leading the team. And you might can preach the house down, but you're terrible at admin. That might be your situation. That's okay. Here's why it's okay. Because if you just stay in your own little bunker and think that everything's got to rest on you, and like, I'm the pastor of this church, so I better be sure I'm doing everything perfectly. And if I do that, y'all, I'm going to fail. I've already failed in some areas. I'm going to fail. I can't do it by myself. But if I say, "Okay, well, I'm good at this," Tony's good at this, Gwen's good at this, Shelby's good at this, like all of a sudden now we have a group of people working together. And any place where I have a gap, we can have somebody else fill that place in. You see what I'm saying? This is how God's designed humanity. This is how God's designed you. I really wanted. I really, really wanted to plant a church a long, long time ago. I remember it was 1998. I was 19, just turned 19 years old. God called me to ministry. I was sitting in a wheelbarrow waiting, on, waiting for customers to come in at Ritter Lumber Company on 4th Street in Beaumont, Texas. I remember exactly when it was. I remember, I remember everything about it. I remember Miss Rose yelling at me to get up off the wheelbarrow and go help somebody with a sink problem. I, just, I remember all of it. And God called me to ministry in that point right there. And he said, I'd lo- I want you to be a pastor. And I told God, I said, God, I don't want to wait till I'm 40 to do what you've called me to do. Now, I planted this church when I was 40 years old. But let me tell you two things. Number one, what a terrible thing to say to God. And here's why. Because by saying that, what I was telling him is that anything that happened before I planted a church wasn't really me walking in my purpose. And that's a lie. There are a lot of people that are going to be in heaven now because of what God used me and teams to do waiting those 40 years. Okay? But there was 20 years between the time God called me to ministry till the time it happened. So why didn't it happen when I was 30? Here's why. it's God told me this. It's because he had to work some things out of me. And he had to work some things into me. Or else I would have destroyed this. God would have sent me guys like Tony and Edgar and Matthew. Who had been hurt so bad in ministry. And I would have hurt them again. Because I didn't. I didn't know anything but my hurt. But see, in the midst of those 20 years, God did some things. And he brought me to a place called New Covenant Church where he surrounded me, by, surrounded me with a team of people who wouldn't let me not be better. They were dedicated to me getting better every single day. And if they didn't see me getting better, they would sit me down and say, hey, you're not getting better. What's what's going on? That's what was happening right there. But, but in the midst of those 20 years, God was doing so much in me, and it made me think about that. And what if your time in the dark isn't a punishment, but it's a blessing to make sure that you learn what you need to learn for you to do what God's called you to do? Well, they just don't recognize me and what I can do. Maybe God is protecting you by keeping you in a quiet space so you can have a team around you to help you get better so you can step into what God asked for you and you can actually accomplish it rather than destroy it. Are y'all following me? embrace the team because the team has some tools that you're going to need to fulfill your purpose you know the moment you think people around you are know-it-alls that's the moment you just became a know-it-all so here's what you need to do in every season in every moment ask what can I learn and how can I be better the moment you start talking like you (laughs) know-it-all pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall that's what the Bible says so let's do some selfie vow for just a second What's an area where you are struggling right now and you know it? What's an area you're struggling right now? If you're struggling and you know it, clap your hands. Ooh. Hey, at least you're honest. Y'all jacked up, but you're honest. No, I'm kidding. Every one of us would be clapping at that moment, wouldn't we? Here's another question. Who do you know that can help equip you for your purpose? Man, I really have a heart for this. Who's doing that right now? Bill? Have you talked to Bill? No? Why not? I don't know. If Bill probably didn't have the time. Let Bill manage Bill's schedule. Reach out. I really wish my marriage could get better. Who you asked to help? Well, nobody just figured we can watch some Jimmy Evans videos and be done with it. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Evans may give you a lot of great information, but it's going to be Marvin and Gwen in the meeting that will ask you the question that will pull that mess out of you. So you need people. I, I want to be a. I want to be a worship pastor. Have you reached out to Tony? Have you reached out to Edgar? I, I want to be really, really good at business. Who's really good at business in here? And have you asked them for help? Last thing today is uh, something that's hugely practical, and it's simply this: How do I find that team? The two quickest ways I found is, is this. You find a person, a group, who knows you, knows God, loves you, loves God, and has your best interests in mind. Um, question, have we said that enough around here yet? I mean, I'll, I'll never stop saying it because it's so true. And it's important to have all of those qualities, okay? So listen, this isn't going to be a group of 30 people, okay? I don't care if you have, you know, 3,272 friends on Facebook. You don't really have 3,272 friends on Facebook. Those are acquaintances, right? Well, Jesus had the 12, the the 72, the 12, and the three. So let's look at how this might break down in your own life. The 72, we'll call those acquaintances. Anybody can live here. Okay, anybody can live here. Your Facebook friends, the coworker that's like two offices over, but every now and then you see him at the water cooler, they can live there. The 12, this is your friends. Okay, these are people who are running the same direction you're running. Like a lot of times this is church friends, you know, stuff like that. Um, you may have organization friends, like, you know, y- your kids play football or something like that, and, and you've just really developed this great friendship with somebody, and uh, th- they can live there. Only certain people, though, can live there. But then you have the three. These are your squad members. Very few people can live here. These are the people that know you, know God, love you, love God, and have your best interests in mind. Because let me let you in on a little secret in life. Not everybody has your best interests in mind. The second part is this, find a serve team. Now, look, this is not an ad for serving at Freedom. <laughs> but if you need a team, one of the quickest ways is to jump into a serve team. Why? It's because you get instant connect points, you get instant follow-up, you get instant community. Okay? We're not just going to let you not get better. Everybody needs a team. That's what the Bible says. That's what we say. That's what we're trying to do here. You need a team. So here's what I'd like you to do. Would you bow your head for just a moment? The only reason I ask you to do that is just so you can focus on the Lord and block out the distractions around you. I just want to ask you three questions, and we'll be done today. Everyone needs a team. We, we all have blind spots, and because of that, we believe that we need godly people in our lives to help us reach our potential. These people know us and know God, love us and love God, and have our best interests in mind. As our lives are built, team provides the structure around us where, when we need help, we have not only God, but we have a squad we can reach out to for support. Life was not meant to be lived alone. We all need a team. My first question is this. Are you on God's team? If you aren't, you need to be. Well, I need to pray and think about it. No, you don't. You that. I used to be one of those people that said, oh, Jesus ain't coming back soon. Oh, yeah, it's, that's just, a everybody says that. You look around our world right now, and there's some things that are happening. It's insanity. I, I told our men's group the other day, get your life together. Get your life with Jesus straight. I'm asking you to do the same thing right now. Well, I just, I want to wait for a minute. There is no time like the present to get on Jesus' team. And it's very simple. He does not make you jump through a hoop. Jesus, I confess you as Lord. I believe in my heart. You died for me, and you rose again. Be your Lord of my life. It's literally that simple. If you say that prayer and you mean it, God means it, and you're saved. Second question is, do you have a team of people around you right now committed to seeing you become the best you can be? If you don't, then why not? And can I tell you, past hurts aren't a good enough reason to keep you from potential progress. It's a good reason, but it ain't good enough. I've been hurt by people out of the church. I've been hurt by people in the church. But it's never going to keep me from trying again with someone new. Why? It's because the potential for progress is more important than the potential for hurt. Yes, there is the potential for pain. But when it comes to how important teams are for your development, trying again is always better than giving up. And the last question is this. Are you allowing that team to help you become the best that you can be. Father we come before you right now. God in complete and total humility. But God also with gratitude. God thank you. That you included us in your team. God that you wanted us in your family. Come on church I can't thank him for you. Thank him in your own way right now. God thank you that you saved me. Thank you that I'm bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You literally moved to heaven and earth. So that I could be on your team. And God I'm so grateful and thankful. God, I also pray for these people that you would help them as it comes to developing a team so that they can be the best that they can be. God, I pray that you would show them people in their lives right now. God, even put faces in their mind right now, two or three people in their mind right now that can help them become who they need to become. God, people that know them and know God and love them and love God and have their best interests in mind. And God, maybe they don't know a lot of people right now. Give them the courage, I pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit to reach out you don't have to tell everybody, but you need to connect with somebody. And God, I last I pray that last, I pray that you give us the courage to actually do the thing that our team is asking us to do. God, as we're leaning into you and we're growing, give us courage to stop our terrible habits and to break the power of, of thought processes. We need to do that right now in the name of Jesus. We break the power of negative thought processes in every person on the son of my voice right now, whether it's in this room, watching online right now, maybe watching three months from now, if you're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, you are no longer subject to the curse and we break the power of the words that were spoken over you in the name of Jesus by people that you trusted and you loved. And God in its place, we release what you say about us, that we're beloved, that we're accepted that we're part of a family, that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath. Thank you, Jesus. God, we want to walk in what you have for us, and we're asking by the power of the Holy Spirit that you help us not only embrace a team, but but follow through with the things that it takes to help us become who you created us to be. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com slash connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and locations, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.